opinions are cheap. I'm Cameron. You, you, you're not going to introduce me? Oh man, I feel like I'm I'm just I'm being ignored. All of the ignored. I'm Chad. Hi everyone. Hey. Cameron's you have a good Halloween. Soda. Oh, um, I had a good yeah, ha soda. I'm drinking Foster's root beer. Oh, ew. That sounds oh. awful. It says premium it? ale right on the back. Well, of course it does. Everything says premium on it. They want you to buy it. Because it's good. Is you it? don't like Foster's? I've never really had Foster's. I don't oh. trust their root beer. No, it's not. They don't make root beer. Criminy. Oh, you said it was root beer. Yeah, because you said it was soda. <laughs> that was weird that you would make that assumption. I don't know. I thought maybe you were going to mix a drink. <laughs> I'm way too lazy for that. Mm. You have a good Halloween? Um, I had the lights off and no one came over to my house, so yeah. My favorite thing about Halloween is I do this tradition every year. About two days after Halloween, I like to go to Target Get candy? No. I like to look for the saddest person I can who has a four-year-old that's still wearing their costume. Okay. It, I, I don't know. Their, their pain brings me joy. I, I can see that. That's it. That's my tradition. You're like a, you're like a, the, the, the depression vampire. Yeah, I do it like once Except a month. Except for they don't lose their depression. They just they keep it. Dude, Black You're not Friday. Sucking anything out. Black Friday is my favorite holiday because it's just there's so many tired people that have been shopping since Thanksgiving ended, and you can Man, just that's like horrible. You go to the the video game aisle. No parent knows the difference between an Xbox and an Xbox One S and an Xbox One X, and that's actually yeah. how they named the daggum consoles. Yup. No, no, no one knows what a Wii U is. They really should have just done like Xbox 1.5, Xbox 1.8, because then the parents be like, "Oh well, 1.8's bigger than 1.5." Well, what I love is, uh, I want the new Xbox, the Xbox One. I was like, "No, shouldn't it be up to three by now?" Mm-hmm. I'd say, "How do you explain that to Grandma?" I I don't know. It, well, it was like when Nintendo and the Wii U. It's like call it the Wii Two, you'll sell it like it's going out of style. You call it the Wii U, and people go, what the fuck is this? Is it a controller? Is it a new hard but, but drive? Just, what is this? I mean, the Wii name was hard. Go in any other direction, like Switch works. Yeah. But you could have called it the Nintendo Fart Box, and people would have been like, oh, okay, that's a different thing. Well, the funny thing is, like, Wii was a terrible name, and then it's, the first one sold all the units. Yeah. So, I mean, it's one of those things, if Nintendo can pull off a shitty name, it's Nintendo, which is a stupid thing I just said. I mean, I remember once there was a Target ad for Wii U. This was two years after launch, where in the description it just it listed it as Nintendo Wii. Because mm -hmm. I mean, like no one knew what it was. I I remember talking to I've, oh man, there's like employees in the electronics aisle that I wasted my time explaining to them what I was looking for. Should just went to Amazon. Yeah, I beat Dark Souls 3. Did I say that on this podcast? No, good job. Yeah, did I fucking did the, it. 
You skipped the DLC? No, I, I did. I skipped two bosses. One was in the, the DLC, big old dragon named a deer, and I didn't feel like it. And the other one was an optional boss from the main game. Nice. I feel like I could have killed both of them if I had really tried. I just, at that point, was like 46 hours into the game and didn't want to play anymore. So I, I get that. But yeah, I, I feel pretty good. I, killing Gale was a lot of fun. That was the final boss of the second DLC. That was like probably one of my favorite bosses in a video game. Like He's real up there. So that felt really good to beat him, even though I kind of cheesed him at the end. I beat Bubsy. Yeah, you're saying that. You get to review it ranked, now. For... Yeah, but I ranked 75 in the world. Is that because only like 78 people have played it? or? Yes. I don't know how well that it's... game's doing. I can't imagine it doing that great. Which is kind of a shame because I actually <laughs> I had fun with it. Except for the bosses. The, well, the bosses ruined it, but there's only three of them. Hmm. And it's kind of designed to be a time trial. Like, you want to go back and get a better score. Okay. And it's actually a little clever. Like, it doesn't look great, but the mechanics are actually really solid. And I didn't expect that from a Bubsy game. Sure. So I'm I'm going to have to do some heavy thinking tomorrow when I write that review. So if I go to furaffinity.com and type in Bubsy with a safer work search off, what's the first thing that shows up? Bubsy. Yeah. Oh, there's a, there's a, a <laughs> female version hugging a really big penis. Going, what could possibly go wrong? P-A-W. That's that's his, that's catch, the catchphrase. That's um, how you know it's Bubsy. Honestly, I was expecting a little better of the porn. It's it, There's not a lot of it. It's Bubsy. And, Who cares? Uh, it's pretty boring. I don't know, I just, you know, I figure if, if there's going to be some fucked up stuff, this is where I'd find it. Yeah, but it's Bubsy. There's not that much stuff to find. It's, it's rule 34, though. It doesn't matter. If it's a character, there's going to be there's gonna be stuff. Did you see the new Team Rocket characters? There's new Team Rocket characters? Yeah, it's Team Rainbow Rocket. Oh, man. That, and there's a new like female that. character, and people are like, how fast until we get something good on her? It's like two minutes. Yeah, Team Rainbow Rocket. People get to listen to me fucking Google this shit. What do they look like? Team Rocket, but the R is a rainbow. Hmm. I'm actually not seeing... Oh, here it is. Girl's got kind of a green hair. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's no Jesse or James. Well, it's not even like the best Team Rocket. Um, the Heart Gold Sold Silver had a really good Team Rocket design. That's the one I played. I'm trying to remember what they look like. Why am I critiquing <laughs> the art on Pokemon games? I don't know, because why not? I mean, you can't critique, critique the gameplay. It never fucking changes. That's true. That's a problem too. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of ways to, to if we want to transition into any, because we have topics, but they're all random. If we just want to flounder around with words for a bit, how's I don't your, know. How's your beer taste? I love it. Cool. I'm drinking Guinness. Oh, okay. That's a safe bet. Yeah. 
So I guess the thing I wanted to bitch about then was review scores. Because I'm playing Wolfenstein 2, and it's getting a lot of real good scores, like 9s and 9.5s. That game's really not that great. It's fine. I am not enjoying it. How how much further in are you? I'm not that far in. Uh, I I'm officially out of the tutorial, but I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to find a way to benchmark it. Um, it just did that burial part with the lady from the first game. Okay. Like still still really in the beginning, but the amount of time I've spent to get through it. It's like I, I ultimately just put it on the baby mode mm-hmm. and I'm just kind of brain dead trying to run through it just so I can get to the story because it's just it's not fun to shoot. I don't care how challenging it is anymore. It really isn't fun to shoot. It's 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 like the most basic shooting mechanics I've seen in a shooter in a while where it's like it, it functions. It's fine. But there's no. There's not that like gameplay loop you want in it where you want to just find the next thing to shoot it. It it, it feels like a means to an end. Well, and so far none of the guns are fun. They're all just kind of the same. Where I I feel like I'm sloppily spraying bullets and it just kind of eh, just hold down these buttons and run around and it it doesn't feel like I'm doing anything. Right. And I don't like it because I know it makes me come off as like a pretentious douchebag, but it's like. The game's clearly got some flaws. Why, you know, then you go in on Metacritic or whatever, and it's got all these just glowing reviews. And ideally, a review is something that's supposed to help you choose if you want to buy something or not. But if everything that comes out gets, like, 8s and 9s, and, like, the lowest thing you see is a 7, the review's not fucking helping you anymore. It's just, uh, it's, it's just words. Like, you... I don't it it, it bothers me, because... Statistically, five should be like the most common thing, right? Because it's average. Um, well, no. It, it it the the problem with reviews, and this is why I don't like number systems. But depending on uh, how you were raised and how you view things, you can look at reviews as like an accuracy thing, where if one hundred means it's good and it can't be any better, and zero means they missed the mark. So in that scale, five should be the average. Right. Because that means that it's literally average work. Yes. How most people view reviews are based on the ABC grading system, where like you don't pass if you don't make 70. Mm-hmm. So really, 70 means you're a failure. Well, so technically, people, 70 is like a C, so you're really well, yeah, it's like a 60. You, but, but in in some systems, if you don't get a C, then you don't pass. Okay, yeah. So the goal that people are raised on, and we're looking at young people playing games, is that if you get a C, there's a problem. If you get a B, that's okay, but really, you should be getting a 90, because teachers hand out A's like left and right, and it's not hard to get an A. Uh, not until you get to college or something, you know? So people get really triggered if a if a video game they're looking forward to gets an 89. It's like, oh, it's not an A. It says triple right. A right there. But if you go to, like, IGN.com, you can view the, their score sheet. 
and it's not set up the way like ABC grades are. Um, no, it's not. But people look at the number and then they pull something else. They're not going to listen to the words. They're not listening but to that's the recommendation. But that's not people reading the review. That shouldn't be on the reviewer trying to buy into that. Because I'm looking at Wolfenstein 2 on Metacritic, and the lowest score it's got is a 7. Yeah, and I think that's odd. because fucking uh, insane. But I also noticed the user score is always lower than the, the uh, meta score. Which is really weird. And Okay, it's not that weird because you're going to get people that get pissed off, so they're going to go just bomb it. But, um... In general, you you know when someone buys something, you, you really want to like it, and most people want it will end up convincing themselves they liked it even if they didn't, just because they spent money on it or they spent time on it. Well, that and also casual uh, users, and this isn't just video games, but if you go to Amazon and look up a review for soap, somebody's gonna use it once and go, "Hey, it's great," and give it a ten out of ten, and a week later it sets their hand on fire, but they don't go back and amend the review. They're more upset about their hand. Right. So now it has a 10 review. Um, I don't know. It's it just... Things are expensive. Time is limited. Ideally, uh, reviews out there that people get copies so they can be like, hey, you should look at this or you shouldn't look at this. It just bothers me that it... it we've gone to a point that really doesn't work. Um, I, I don't I don't really have any reviewers I trust anymore or follow because it just doesn't... It doesn't feel like it's going to be worth my time. And so... You maybe you listen to like the occasional podcast, and then it's like, well, I'll just figure it out for myself. But that means I have to take a gamble. Yeah, I stopped paying attention to reviews long ago. I mean, it's I easier to don't... stop when you have more disposable income. Um, but it's it's not even that. It's like, well, I guess I just won't buy things. I'll wait for Mario or Sonic or something that's a known quantity. Sure. Which is why sequels do better. Is because there's no uh, there's no way to vent new properties, you know. But see, Wolfenstein should have been that then, right? Because it's a big series. It, the first the the first reboot, Wolfenstein won the New Order, did really well, reviewed really well. And yeah, so, but now I'm curious: is that a bad game too? Like, if I go I get know. a used copy right now, I didn't play it. I didn't either. I just like, oh, people loved the first one, right? And I really want to shoot Nazis, so let's look at the second one. And I'm kind of disappointed. Yeah, and and it and it's weird because there's so many little things that are wrong with the game, um, from basic like how the gunplay feels, which I guess is kind of a big thing to like picking stuff up's kind of annoying. Um, I don't think the audio visual feedback uh, is any good on consoles. It's really hard to pick stuff up. Oh, I bet because you're fucking floundering around with the big old thumbstick. It's it's so dumb. Like they should have some sort of walkover thing that lets you just auto pick it up. And see, sometimes you can walk over stuff and auto pick it up. But you have to like right walk like directly over it, like it, you but, don't have a yeah. much of a wiggle room, which is really annoying. But they'll also they'll tuck things inside of boxes. Yeah, and it's just like I, there have been times where I'm just passing up armor and health packs because uh, I I don't have time for this. Sure, I don't need it. No, because I'm 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 seven hours in now, and uh, the game wildly varies in terms of difficulty like uh there's like this boss thing i was like a big old cat that spits fire and i was like that's fucking cool i'm finally getting to fight something cool and he killed me a couple times and i was throwing grenades at him and i was just like this is this is dumb and i noticed that like the door was open and so i just ran by him he, i didn't even aggro him though the time i ran by him he just like yeah go ahead i was like that's really really weird and then i got like a, a 
big gun, and then the next like 20 minutes were just point and click, and everybody died. It didn't feel very good, but I, I guess I killed a bunch of people, so that's cool. I don't know if it's the difficulty, but I don't think the stealth works at all. Because I've had times where I walk up to somebody and I play this whole like crazy animation and they're standing right next to a person that's like, huh, what is that? And they stand still and I'll go through like three in a row and then somebody around a corner notices me. Right. And then you can get shot and killed while you're during mid animation. And so half the time you don't even want the animation to trigger because that's more of a liability. Yeah, it's really weird. Because Doom had that kind of stuff too, but one, it was really fast, and two, you, I don't think you could get hurt when you were doing it. If you were well, punching zombies worked, to death, um, or monsters. Wait, if you did the glory kill with Doom, uh, you were rewarded. Like, that's how you got ammo back. Yeah. So it was like a risk-reward thing where you have to you have to mildly expose yourself for a little bit and do it in a specific way, but then that gives you the tools to keep going and keep the momentum going. And I don't feel any momentum at all in Wolfenstein. No. It feels it's a very slow game for how fast it wants to be. Yeah. Um, dual wielding helps, especially once you if you're dual wielding like the better machine gun, which is hard to tell which one is which because they all fucking look the same. Um But I found like if I'm dual wielding two of the good machine guns, most things just I can just melt them because it's so easy to get headshots on the with the with the mouse and keyboard. And so then it's like, now this is really easy. I'm glad I'm playing on a harder difficulty. But then when I have no ammo for that, now it's like, oh, this is pretty annoying because the other guns are a lot less accurate. Well, that's another thing. I can't get headshots in this game at all. I was dueling like, the pistols and getting quite a few today. That, were, that worked all right. Like, I wasn't even sure if headshots were a thing in the game because it's so difficult to aim with the controller. And I just... I feel like maybe they really don't want you to use a controller in this game. What what are, what are you playing it on? PS4. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah I, mean, I guess the difficulty is going to be way different for you than with with that. It's odd. Like I'm trying to figure out who this is for because it's just so sloppy. I I can't imagine why so many people are giving it good reviews. It's it's weird, and it just it bothers me because there are so many things I think would be considered objectively wrong with it from not even a narrative perspective, which the narrative is kind of weird and messy too, but just, just from a gameplay thing, like you you can get throwing axes and then that maps to your melee button. But if you go to open a bike, smash open a, a box to get stuff, when you have a throwing axe, you throw the axe at the box and then the box doesn't open. Well, so I've you had just times wasted where, your throwing axe. Well, yeah, I've had times where I'm trying to stealth kill someone. And then I push melee, and it just point-blank throws the axe, which doesn't count as stealth, so the guy next to him sees it. Yeah, and it's like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is it's a like, flaw I don't want in the game. Now. It's ridiculous. I don't think there's enough grenades in it, either. It's a fucking game where we're supposed to blow Nazis up and have a power fantasy. Why are grenades so goddamn hard to find? In fucking Doom, your grenade regenerated every few seconds. Oh, I forgot about that. That was good. It's one of those things like, hey, it's a fun thing to do. Let the players do it. And there's still ways to limit it. Like with a cooldown, you can't stock up on grenades and then drop 10 on a boss and skip it. Right. But it also means that you get to use it when you want to because mm -hmm. you can make it available. And then you can balance the encounters around the fact that, well, they have a grenade. 
So maybe we give them two extra enemies to kill, but they can throw a grenade and then blow them both up at the same time. Mm -hmm. And now they've got the satisfaction of killing two people, and we didn't have to do anything but add, you know, click plus two guys for this encounter. Or however you set fucking shooters up. Did I talk about the snowman yet? Snowman? No. I went to see Snowman. Is that like a, a play, a movie, or what is it? Oh, that's a movie. You didn't see the trailer? No. Oh, see, if you watch the trailer, you might be interested in it. Was it a horror uh, movie? Uh, yeah. And it's a it's about a serial killer, and Snowman is his calling card. Okay. And it's maybe the worst movie released this year. Oh, fuck. Worse than Alien Covenant? Uh, yeah, the Alien Covenant. Um, Remember how smart all the people were? Mm-hmm. Well, imagine if someone was stupid. <laughs> like, oh my goodness! It was like it's a really this, shitty like, slasher flick. No, it's like a it's a like a Sherlock um, detective movie. Wow, it's got eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. And like the great detective guy, who's just like this brilliant guy, he doesn't put together any clues at all. The whole movie, like it's. Every character is so stupid. I can't even... What kind of Michael Fassbender's in this? A lot of people are in it. And they actually specifically requested that their names not be on the movie poster. That's great. And I have movie pass, so it's not like I paid for the ticket. But I walked out thinking, man, this is the first time I wish I looked up reviews before I went to see a movie. It's weird. I've almost found movie reviews to be more accurate to how I feel than anything else at this point. With but the right critic. Yeah. But it's like, movies are generally, it's not that expensive to go see a movie, and the, the time investment's not huge, so I'm more willing to gamble on movies, and I'll usually not bother with reviews until after the fact. Just be like, do people think the same way as I do? I think the other thing, though, is that it's easier to review a movie because everyone watches it under the same circumstances. Sure. Like, you sit down, there's a beginning, middle, and end, and at the end, you feel a certain way. And with video games, some people have more time to play, and some people have a skill factor. Like, uh, that guy should not review Cuphead because he doesn't know how to play it. Right. It doesn't mean that Cuphead's a bad game. It means it's a bad game for him. But I would argue that for stuff like books and comic books and stuff, though, where I find reviews to be fucking worthless there. And there's no skill involved other than flipping a page and knowing some words. That's true. I mean, comic books is a fucking mess, but that's largely because there's no real professional comic book critics. It's a lot of people doing it for fun because they write for a tiny website that gets review copies. And then, like, Nerdist and IGN do it, too, but fuck them. I heard some comic book news. What was it? Oh, they're going to do a Shazam movie. Really? Which one's here? Yeah. Do you like Shazam? I can't remember which one that one is. That's DC the one character, the, apparently. Yeah, it's the little boy, and he says Shazam, and he turns into Captain Marvel and oh. gets sued by Marvel. Yeah, freaking, um... There's a character in Black Hammer based off of him. Uh, yeah. Gail. I can't remember what her superhero name is or whatever, but, uh... Black Hammer's great. Apparently it's coming out in 2019, the Shazam movie. 
I'll be honest, I have no, I have no interest in seeing it. Maybe when trailers and stuff appear, but... Do you these, like superhero movies? They're okay. I, don't, I did at one point. I was definitely a gung-ho, all the Marvel ones. I was having a lot of fun. And then it's just like there's too many now. And, um... Like, I skipped Spider-Man. I'll catch that on DVD at some point. I'm, <laughs> I'm excited for <laughs> Thor to a point. I like. I generally like the Thor movies. But I'm also kind of upset that there's been three Marvel movies and it, at least, what... One DC, and there's going to be another DC movie yet this year. It's just, it's just too many. Yeah, there's certainly a lot. Um, and the problem with the Marvel ones is they're so tonally consistent, which is like, hey, good job, you guys are doing this, but it's also like, oh, I've already seen this movie, it's just the characters are slightly different now. Well, yeah, that's my problem with the Marvel ones. Because w- what was starting to happen was each one was kind of its own genre. Yeah. And, uh, like, my favorite Captain America is when it's World War II. And well, as soon as one? he's in the present, I don't care. I thought the first one moved too quickly. They crammed I... a lot in that movie. They did. But I enjoyed it beginning to middle and end. Um, I honestly, if they had another one that was his adventures during World War II, I would watch that. But if they announce another one where he's just really gay for his old boyfriend... I just don't care anymore at all. The character's sure. boring to me. Yeah, he's... That's why it was supposed to be interesting when he was Hydra and, and the comic books, and then that was a fucking mess. Whatever happened with that? I didn't care enough to follow um, up. It was magic, and then magic fixed it at the end. And everything went back to oh, normal, good. except for Black Widow was dead. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> ah, oh, I love storytelling. And the final couple pages were evil Captain America and good Captain America just just fighting. And so it just it came down to just superheroes throwing blows at each other. It was it was pretty lame. Well, that's good. And then I haven't read a Marvel comic since that one. I don't think so. That's been fun. <laughs> Yeah, I want to read a Marvel book, but man, they all are. Mm -hmm. I, I, uh, and they have been for a while too. But if I go to comicbookroundup.com and find the first Marvel book that shows up. (laughs) And see, I, you read that fan fiction I wrote about Batman killing the Flash. Yeah, I'm going to read that on the podcast. It's going to be great. I really want to read, uh, or I really want to write one about Marvel. But it's like there's nothing to make fun of because it's just all bland and boring. Yeah. And I can't work with that. I got nothing. <laughs> it's really hard. Like, even when DC books are bad, which is sometimes more often the case than not, I feel like there's something... Ideally, they're bad in an interesting way. Yeah. Um... Well, and that goes back to Snowman. It wasn't even bad in a way where... I mean, you know how I like bad movies. Mm-hmm. This was just kind of... I kept checking my clock, you know? Sure. Which is something bring... you don't want to do when you're watching a movie. Because you, yeah, you, it I... definitely failed if that's what's going on. It wasn't like, oh, I can't believe how stupid the characters are. It's just kind of like, what was the point of that scene if no one picked up on the clue? Because it's like <laughs> clues are being left for the audience... And the characters weren't doing anything with it. Sure. 
and so many things like there's a part where the guy has some pills that are supposed to help him sleep okay. and he just goes no I don't need these pills and he throws them out the window and oh man later... that happens in uh in Fateful Findings yeah um now in Fateful Findings that went somewhere because the wife went and grabbed him out of the toilet and it showed how desperate she was for pills mm-hmm. uh in this movie he threw the pills out the window and then the serial killer uh, found the pills and snuck into his apartment and put them back on his sink. At no huh. point does this ace detective notice that the pills are back there. Man, when Fateful Findings does, does something better than than you, your movie, that's, uh, that's a problem, man. And seriously, look up the trailer for The Snowman. That's more fun than seeing the movie, so you may as well get that. Because the, yeah, we'll have to watch the trailer it implies that stuff happens, you know. Um. Uh, yeah. It's it's weird because when you when you sit down to review stuff, it, it there's a certain level of like, man, I must be fucking full of myself if I think people give a shit about my opinion on a thing. Because <laughs> I'm not paid to do it. I wonder if, like, the people paid to do it feel that way, too. Like, if someone at IGN is like, I man, sometimes people... they do. I, well, like, you did you ever to. read the comments, uh, that, that guy that couldn't play Cuphead? Did you ever read his tweets defending it? Um, I remember there was, like, people a... were calling him out. I'm sure. I didn't ever, I don't know if I read any of his tweets, I remember at one point he gets... he's like, well, the game is unfair. And then if you look at the trailer or like the video, it's like, no, you just suck. Well, it's just he was saying how his inability to play the game says more about the game than it does his own skills. And it's like if you watch the video, the screen says push the Y button and he doesn't push the Y button for like a solid minute. Yeah. And it's like, OK, I don't think you can blame that on the game. No. There's a point. There's some things... He raised some points, but there were some things that he has no defense for, and he's literally like, well, I want to see you guys do better. I'm pretty sure I'm right. It's funny, too, because when that game came out, then everyone's like, oh, man, this game's really fucking hard. And it's like, yeah, it seems like it's kind of the point. It's supposed to be a difficult game. But I don't know. It's funny. All the people shitting on this guy all of a sudden going, hey, this, this game's pretty challenging. It's like, well, maybe well, it's he... challenging, but you, you should know how to jump. Like, the tutorial part was pretty inexcusable. That's the um, thing. I, I did a couple bosses where I had to stop and think about, like, how is Dean supposed to do this? Because <laughs> it's just really... It, it does tax you towards the end. It asks sure. a lot. Um, have you seen the uh, the final boss? No, I haven't. Right before the final one. There's kind of this boss gauntlet where you have to do like six or seven bosses in a row. Hmm. And if you die, you have to go back to the beginning. Man, that sounds frustrating. It's difficult enough to do some of these bosses, let alone all of them in a row. Right. And it's it, it made me wonder, you know, I think games should be challenging and I think there should be things like this. But then somebody out there is going to get really butthurt and go zero out of ten. This is the worst experience ever. I bet they didn't even make the next level because no one could clearly get past this one. 
There was some indie game on Steam that did that. It was like, hey, we're the hardest mm-hmm. game ever, but you can't beat our first yeah, level. Once. Like, yeah, there's no second level. <laughs> yeah, that was a real thing. And so now people are you know, expecting it. It's like, oh, look at this indie game. I bet they don't even know how to program a good game. It's not my fault. But it's stupid because like Cuphead, is, obviously the production values are there where you should not be thinking something like that. The money they spent on the on the artwork for that game. Well, artwork and game design are different things, though. Right, but uh, if you're going balls to Cuphead's off from advantage, one of them... it did turn out <laughs> it was good. But uh, I thought Transistor was awful, but the music and the visuals were spot on. Oh, thank God! There's another person out there who didn't like Transistor because I didn't really care for that one either. It's just not a good game. It was it, it was another one where it was fine. It had some cool ideas to it. I didn't think it executed any of them very well. Well, it just it balanced it really poorly because you could customize your abilities, and it kind of implied that it's like, well, pick whatever you want to use. And but yeah, only like work. three of them are actually useful. Yeah, and then some of them are actually just so bad that there's no way you could win with that combo. So some people would like they'd pick stuff. They then go in the next level, and they keep dying, and they can't do it. And it's like, boy, this game is so hard. And it's like, I never lost once. I just, I accidentally picked the correct thing, and it was too easy for me. And I never thought to I remember to dying a couple and, you know, times. Yeah, until it's like, oh, well, I guess I gotta use these two for sure, because they're the best. And then, you know, he had like a third one I would cycle around based on the encounter. But man, visually and everything, that game was, I mean, super giant head. They uh they do good stuff well in that regard. Yeah, and it's you know if you know that's what it is then yay. But I'm glad Cuphead turned out to be a good game too. Yeah. I don't. Know. Video games are weird. I know. You know we're still working on on ours. Me and my brother. He's doing a lot more work than I am lately. I'm been so fucking lazy. But we're finally at the point where you're making like the final encounter, and nice. uh, he's you know throwing some numbers out, getting like, you know he's being he's thinking through. But then it's like, well, you're gonna have all these cards, so he's trying like fighting with different decks, and it's like he's obviously better than everyone's gonna be for a while because he's play tested the game so much. So it's like, yeah, that kind of shit's really hard to do, and you actually have to do it. Oh yeah, that's a that's maybe one of the hardest parts of game design. Is actually like testing it correctly, which is why we're hoping you know when we're ready to share it with people, it's like we need people to play test this. I don't know how to fucking play it, and that's something else. I mean, I- I'm sure you understand it, but one of my favorite tips I ever heard was when you have someone test your game, you need to make sure that you don't give them anything. Like you give them pretty much what the final package would be, and let them read the instructions and interpret it the way they read it. Because yeah. that's what your customers are going to do. You're not going to go to everybody's house and hand, you know, hold. Yep. Won't have that luxury. I mean, we ended up adding a, basically a tutorial section because so many of our testers, or the few that played it, just like didn't fucking get what we were what they were supposed to do. And it's like, we, we tried our damnedest. You know, it's like, hey, the red grid's for attacking. All the red cards have swords on them. Attack cards. The blue grid is for defending. All the blue... C- cards have shields on them go back and forth like it's not you know you do the visual cues you do the audio cues you do 
you sort the cards so they appear certain ways in your hand, and there's still people who are like, I could figure, wait, what am I supposed to do? Can you give me a tutorial? It's like, fine. Yeah, I mean, that's a reality. And, you know, the game's probably better with it. It just, it, we, were, we were hoping we didn't need to do that. You know, looking at, like, old school, like, stuff like Mega Man and Mario, where, like, the tutorial for Mario is, if you don't jump, the Goomba kills you. So you learn how to jump. And there's something so, like, but wonderfully simplistic there. No. Yeah. There's no numbers, and then, yeah. But, you know, hey, you know game design, I guess, it's, it, it's a, it's an interesting kind of, kind of ball game. Hey, you play any VR? No. I played this awful VR game. It it was weird. Like the description was you're a superhero and you fly around and shoot aliens. Okay. It's more like wherever you're looking, you can shoot a very slow laser. But well, you're going to fly around You're going to fly around a lot. And it's not going to make you feel great. That sucks. Like, and feel great, like miss, it makes you sick, or just not fun? I it, I got very sick. Okay. Which hasn't happened yet. But what's weird is, like, you're invincible. Like, the aliens can't hurt you. Oh. But you lose if there's too much collateral damage. Okay. And the aliens fly around very fast, and your laser does not go fast enough to hit them. Oh, that's fun. And... That's the whole game. Like, it's really very simple. It was like a $10 game. But it was so unfun, and I was trying to figure out, like, did they have anybody test this? Did Probably not. Did they have anybody, like, sit down and go, hey, is this fun? And they were like, man, yeah, I lost three times in a row, and I want to throw up. Just ship the game, man. <laughs> it... I don't know, the... the... I assume when I'm reading or when I'm playing a, a, a most products or reading books or whatever that it's been tested to some degree. If I pull it off a of shelf in Barnes & Noble, I would hope at least one person edited the thing. And then I've read yeah. Bean books, um, which full of fucking like grammatical errors and shit. So it's like, well, maybe not because fucking that, that company sucks. Unless they publish my <laughs> stuff at some point. Then they're fine. Then they're good people. But until then, fuck you know them. the... Uh... The Nintendo seal of quality? Yeah. Uh, that doesn't exist. That's not a thing. Oh, really? Yeah, there's a lot of game studios that have come out and, like, off the record, but it turned into a record. Uh, you know how you have to submit your game to the publisher and the distributor or whatever, and they, like, they run it through their own testing to make sure it doesn't ruin the system or something? Yeah. There's There's a couple games that have the same story where... There was a bug where if you if you pushed start at the wrong time or something stupid, it could actually wipe the memory on the whole system. Oh, jeez. How the fuck do you and, do that? And Sony would come back and say, we found this bug. You can't let this happen. And Microsoft came back and said, we found this bug. You can't let this happen. And Nintendo came back and said, yeah, it's good to ship. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I remember when uh, Conker's Bad Friday, Chris Seaver was doing a Let's Play of that at one point, and he actually talked about the Nintendo seal of quality, and at least at that point it fucking existed, because there's a point in that game where um, if you die, the first time you die, you talk to the Grim Reaper. 
And then there's a point outside the game where you meet the Grim Reaper. And they're like, shit, what if we fuck this up where if you don't die the whole point and then you meet the Grim Reaper if something gets fucked up. Now the odds of not dying anywhere in that game until that point are very small because Conquerors is very difficult. But they had to have some asshole like playtest it and not die for like five hours and get to this section. Oh, yeah. You know, and, mm-hmm. and prove that this was this was fine. Um and it turned out to be fine. So at least at one oh, point the Nintendo Seal of Quality was a thing. Game testing stories. Uh have you ever read The Trenches? I've not. There's a webcomic called The Trenches, and it's an okay comic, but each uh each update would include a real story that game testers would send in. And there were some crazy stories about how awful it is to work at some of these places. Oh yeah, I mean playtesting is apparently just awful. It's the worst. Like I know some people treat it as like a possible window to like get your foot in the door and impress somebody and then you get to work in video games, but that happens like one in a million. It's like getting discovered in Hollywood. Right. You need to you need to bring a real skill, you know. Mhm. There Wasn't was there like a, a where... shitty like reality TV show like you get to be a playtester. Yeah, uh, it was a uh, PlayStation put that on. Yeah, and like freaking um uh the Eagle Raptor was in it and he left and then no one kept watching. Yeah, as soon as he was kicked off, the ratings dropped off like 100% and they didn't redo the show. And it's like, "Well, hey, what if uh what if you gave Eagle Raptor a show?" <laughs> That's clearly what people want. So, but he went on made his own. Yeah. So IGN did the top 25 best Blizzard characters. I think this just went up now. Have you seen this? Arthas. No, I haven't. Sylvanas and Jaina and Thrall and uh, Kerrigan and any female character from Diablo. And Tracer. Okay, okay you, you did a really good job. Uh, number one is Arthas. <laughs> Call that. Number two is Tracer. Number three is Diablo, four is Kerrigan, five is Gul'dan, six is Thrall. Seven wow, is Jim okay. Rayner, eight is Jaina Proudmoore, and then nine's Deckard Kane, and I don't feel like, because of course they couldn't just do this all in one fucking page, and I'm not going to give them more clicks. Stay a while and listen. That's the thing he says. It's weird that Tracer's number two, like... I guess I don't know much about her. I know she's got like personality outside the game, like there's videos and stuff. But no. I feel like she's just pretty, and everyone likes her. No, she's just she's bubbly and their first official lesbian character. Mm. So you know, brownie points. It's it's mini weird. shooters she are has... sunken. Gritty realism. Overwatch feels more like a polished Pixar movie come to life. Does it? It does. It's That's just good. Tracer has no personality. She's just kind of bubbly and nice, but it's all, at the same time you kind of want that for your mascot because it's like when you play Smash Brothers, nobody's like, "Oh man, Mario, he's my favorite." You always pick someone cool, right. but then a new Mario game comes out and it's like Mario Odyssey, that's my favorite, and you buy it. Sure. So Tracer is really that. I mean, 
I, I don't like anything about the character besides that she represents Overwatch. But at the same time, I'll pick her in the game when it's applicable. You know? Her design is amazing. Like, all the Overwatch characters I've seen, they're... Blizzard knows their shit so well. My favorite is Sombra. Yeah? I love her so much. My waifu. Yay, like the My Little Pony villain from Season 2? There's a Sombra. That was a good one. Not really. Basically just a fucking... uh, Storm of Magic. I don't, I don't know why it was a character and not like a natural disaster. What it was, um... No, maybe I'm thinking of Season 3. The the Changeling one. She was cool. Chrysalis. Oh, Chrysalis. No, Chrysalis was Season 2. I think Sombra was Season 3. She's <laughs> she's my wallpaper on my computer right now. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Cool. Chrysalis has ah, got good. a great design. It's good, uh... It's good fosters. Did you, did you know what happened to all the changelings in, in season six? Yeah, I don't care about six? that. Yeah, nah, pretty nah. annoying. Freaking ponies. I know somebody saw my off. wallpaper once, and it's uh, have you seen that really like artsy, high quality, like creepy painting of just the whole hive on attack? No, is it? Is it's uh, is... like really detailed? Okay, and um. Somebody saw a picture of it. I think maybe they saw my computer or something. And it's oh whoa, that's such good art. Like what is that? I said, Oh, it's my little pony. They're like, shut up. <laughs> and I was like, Oh no, it is. And I was like, that's not a little girl character design. And so I showed him like the scene where she shows up in the show, and it's, you know, of course like the cutesy flash thing, but she's scary. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, Chris like that was the scene. Back when the show was good. Yeah, really. Dun, there, dun, I sent dun. that to you. Oh man, that's a fucking sweet picture. Yeah, it is. That looks like something out of like fucking uh, StarCraft. It's really out there. I got to meet the artist at a pony convention once. Oh yeah? She was selling prints cool. of that exact same piece, and I like I literally did not have the money for it, and I felt so bad because I wanted to, like, oh, that's my favorite wallpaper. I stole it off the internet for free, thanks. How much was he charging? Or she? Like, I think she was charging like 80, but it was a very big print. Like, it would have looked great on a wall. Okay, that's not bad. Like, it it was fair, and I just, I didn't have the 80 for a, a picture, you know? Yeah. Meta point. Alex Hanziek, you know, he I podcast with, uh, goes to cons every once in a while, and he says Ray Fox shows up, who, who does the art for Underwinter, and sells prints for yeah. 200 bucks. But they're like the size of a, a piece of computer paper. And part of me is just like, that's <laughs> fucking ridiculous. I would not pay $200 for a piece of computer paper pictures. Also, I want one real bad. I would probably pay $200 for that. Yeah. Have you ever that been to a, great a artist, convention? Though. No, I don't know if I it would even have the opportunity. I... I went to one, and this was, like, right after season two, I guess. So, the fandom was annoying, but it wasn't past mm-hmm. that point where it was too annoying. Sure. And it was funny, because I really just went there because Max Gallardi was going to be there. Um, And he did a... He did some, like, really adult-themed parody cartoons. 
Oh, nice. So I felt like that was enough to justify it. That it's like, okay, ha, he, he swears a lot. It's not a cartoon for little girls. Sure. He's a hot ticket so, dog demon guy. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, his God, his stuff. And was so it was great. really fun. You know, I I wanted to meet him so bad. So it was just, it was like, okay, that justifies going. Sure. And it was fun because I saw some other cool people. Um, but like he had a little booth there where he was selling prints. So it's like I bought something from him, and I actually like I drew a picture for him. Oh. Um, and like, and he said it was really cool, and it was just it was fun to talk to him about it. But during mm-hmm. his panel, uh, Ego Raptor showed up. Oh wow! Because uh, he lives across the street from the convention center. <laughs> so it was like, hey, you were the voice in the cartoon. Do you want to come over to the pony convention? I can just let you in. So he just like surprised showed up, and it was funny because the crowd went nuts when Eagle Raptor showed up. It's like, here's Aaron Hansen from Game Grumps, and everybody's like, whoa, my gosh! Ah! And I remember like it was like, okay, let's do Q and A, and the first guy like he just ran up to the mic. And he was just so excited, and went up there. It's like, I, I, Eagle Raptor, I, uh, um, I just, I, you know, I'm a big fan of your work. I've heard but um, I was just wondering, like, I didn't, I didn't realize you were a brony. Like, how long have you been a brony? And and Aaron's like, I, I actually, I don't watch the cartoon. I just did the voice for Max because he asked me to. And it was like this visual disappointment as the guy like slowly like sagged. Oh no! And it's like, oh, it's okay. And he walked <laughs> away and. <laughs> It was the saddest thing. Oh, yeah, he good. did the voice of Rarity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I need to rewatch those. Those were great. Those were all great. Look up Apple.move and uh, yeah, his watch stuff the whole series and, from there. And uh, Flim Flam Philosophy's Abridged series were like some of my favorite things that come out of MLP. And I've talked yeah. about the, the Abridged series before. The, but the... It's crazy. It's like the Dragon Ball Z abridged is like better than Dragon Ball Z kind of thing. It's just it's one of those like it's insane when like the fans can can do something that's on the level of the show or better. Have you seen that Pony MMO? I've seen little bits of it, and I still I don't know how it hasn't been like cease and desisted yet. Yeah, that's what I'm waiting for. I feel like it's way over the line at this point. Uh, Yeah, I, I mean. I remember the the fighting is magic game like that was like almost done and that Hasbro's like oh actually it's like really you had to wait till they were almost done to do that you fucking dicks yeah they're doing pretty good on that though it's it's looking pretty fun do you still yeah, follow it's, them uh, uh, them's fighting herds uh, that's the new one which is it's such a cute name I love it it looks they cool. changed Applejack to a cow right. Yeah, so it's like, like a that. farm cow, and it's like that's a clever design. Like I, I can, I'm fine with this. Well, Faust did all the designs for the new stuff. Like she's like, I feel yeah. bad for you guys. Let me give you some art. Yeah, that was great. But it really, it was kind of cool because I feel like in My Little Pony, uh, there was a very specific thing you had to adhere to. So letting uh, Faust, um, kind of like, hey, there's no actual limits here. Besides, mm-hmm. they can't look like MLP. Right. So she got really creative with it, and it was kind of neat. Yeah, I appreciate that. One thing, um, there was a, a video you had me watch, Hot Diggity Dog Demon. I can't remember what his real name is. Um, Max Scalardi. Yeah, he, he was talking about reviews, and he said a good review should offer like criticism of it. I think it's for like his emoji movie review or talk. And I'm wondering if oh, you agree yeah. with that. That a review, well, that if you don't like something, you should try to like make it better kind of thing 
Well, it, it's not make point. it better. It's more like you should offer constructive criticism in the sense that uh, I'm trying to think of something I don't like. Um, oh, Snowman. So it's really easy for me to say Snowman was an awful movie. The characters were stupid. The plot didn't make sense. Don't see it. Right. But really, all I'm saying is that I didn't like it. And that's all that you can take from my review. Sure. If I say Snowman was an awful movie where the characters were stupid and I really didn't like it, but what kept bugging me through the whole thing was that if any of the characters would start putting together the clues that the audience is seeing, then we could join them on the ride to Discovery to put the answer together. But when the characters are missing the clues and the audience sees everything... It becomes frustrating because you're just yelling at the detective, come on, he did it, you know this. And there's no suspense, it's just frustration. Okay. With that review, I think it gives you a better picture of what I'm lacking in enjoyment. Even I if you agree. disagree with me, you kind of, you understand where I'm coming from when I say I didn't like it. So it justifies my opinion a little more. And opinions sure. are cheap. <laughs> It's just because I, I review enough stuff, um, and sometimes it's like, man, here's where this thing fucked up. I wish I had done this. And other times it's just like, here's why this thing sucked in uh, 300 words or less. I don't, I don't always feel obligated, like I need to give the thing the benefit of the doubt or whatever. Like, here's what could have made it better, or, or put it. It sort of depends on how drunk I am. Well, yeah, and also it kind of depends on the thing. I mean, not everything deserves constructive criticism. Right. Some things are just, they're bad, and it's like, look, nothing could save this. It's a bad idea. It, it's really difficult when you're reviewing, like, really indie stuff, and you know the people who worked on it are going to see the review. Um, yeah. Like, a, <laughs> like if I review Batman, bad. who gives a shit? But if I, like, like I got this, uh, this Kickstarter issue um, that I have a review going up on, on Monday for. And I didn't like it. I did an interview with the team to ask some questions. That got up. You know, the Kickstarter has been funded. But I know on Monday when I go, when this goes up and I give it a 5 out of 10, that everyone on the team is probably going to see it. And so it's like, this review has to be perfect because it's going to hurt some feelings. Yeah. But if it's like Batman and I don't like Batman, well, Tom King's not going to fucking read that, so who cares? Um, one of my favorite podcasts is uh, Limit Break Radio, and they're very professional. Like they're actually on national radio waves with the first esports radio show. Okay. And it's funny because they're really inspired by a lot of uh, classic radio shows, and one of them just went down. I can't remember what it's called because I never heard of it, but they had a tradition every October where they would roast someone else. And so on this podcast, in order to honor their favorite show that was closing down, they said, okay, we want to roast somebody's podcast. So if you want to submit your podcast, we're going to lean into you really bad. And these guys are already mean. <laughs> so it makes good listening, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I was so tempted to send in opinions are cheap. But it's like, I don't, I don't want him to say mean things. Man, I was like, I, so if I, that's still going on, I, I should have sent him fucking comic stash Next have at it it's a goddamn mess i think um i think it was actually uh a pretty good hit so they'll probably do it next year but they just did the show where they roasted 
and the show that <laughs> the show they got it's a gaming podcast that one guy does by himself and he's blind oh i bet he didn't see that coming <laughs> that's <laughs> They they made a lot of blind jokes. They were very mean about his condition. And what was really funny was this podcast, it was pretty bad. Like the audio was bad. He kept like clipping weird. Um, but part of what he did was he was reviewing the new Super Nintendo Classic. Okay. So he was doing an audio unboxing. So there's just there's silent parts while he's like struggling with the packaging. Jeez. And then it's him, like, feeling it and describing what it looks like. And it's like, okay, here's the power button. And here's the reset button, but it looks like it's fake. I don't I don't believe it works as a reset button. Um, It's bigger than my hand. Uh, if you have small hands... Well, I don't... Actually, if you have big hands, I don't know. And what was what frustrating like. is like, well, it's just, you could look up a picture of it, even though he's blind and he's discovering it. Anyone else could look up a picture and you know what it looks like. So it's kind of, I a feel so bad for this video. guy. Cause I think, I think what he's doing is really cool, but it's also well, just like, of. I would want to make fun of him hardcore for this. Cause it's so ridiculous. And so it's I mean, like, good point, for you, dude. But also they, they played a <laughs> They played a clip where he said, so we just got the. The I don't know if you call it the the SNES or the SNIZ or the sneeze or the SNIZ or the or the snurs or the snurs. <laughs> and then it was there was silence for a bit, and then one of the hosts chimed in and said, "What brand bleach do you think his mother tried to abort him with?" Jeez. Oh, <laughs> 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 but it was just I mean going back to to critique, it's like you need critique to get better. But you also have to be in an emotional state that you're willing to accept critique, and I'm not there right now. Sure. And it's like, uh, it, I feel bad reviewing some of these indie projects. But at the same time, it's like, you know, anybody that puts down money is going to review it harder than I am. Right. So I almost feel like I owe them the truth, but I really don't want to just sound like I'm being elitist and mean about it. But I think I'm smart. I know I know how to tell a story, right? I know what a bad yeah. story is. My yeah, opinions comics, are valuable. They're cheap, but they're valuable. Yeah. They're both. It's really hard the whole whole criticism giving and taking cuz um this this is sometime this year I got some indie book and the guy that runs this I was like you need to review this cuz I promised the dude would do a review and I was like fine. I read it and I didn't like it and I wrote a review and didn't think about it. And that dude was fucking pissed. And he sent he sent Andrew some angry emails and some messages and was like, What you guys are doing is horrible for indie comics and you should you should have a talk with this guy and make sure it's you know, it's all this crap, right? <laughs> and I'm just like I, I didn't like your book, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought it was but bad. Like, dude, your your writing is bad for indie comics. Right. And I felt it's bad like though. Your trash is why people don't take it serious. It, it's it's one of those like that kind of reaction is like like man when I get these really indie shit I gotta make sure I'm not a complete dick about it because it's so different than shitting on Dan Abnett who makes his living writing comic books you know I'm like hey you're a bad writer it's like yeah but I make my living doing this so I beat you like I won it's like fuck you did 
I can't I can't phase you that way. But they, this mm-hmm. this dude is like, oh, I hope we get enough money for our Kickstarter so we can do a, a limited print for the our friends and family or whatever. It's a bit of a different ball game. But there's also a factor of reality, and you just, um, I mean, if I were to sit down and make a comic book and then ask people for money, I don't think that I could put together a whole comic book on my own right now. Like, I don't have the time to dedicate to it to do a good quality thing. Right. I, I think if I did, I could maybe make something okay, but I'm self-aware enough to know that I, just because I want it to happen doesn't mean it'll happen overnight. I want to do a comic book with and you at some point. We should. You have some good ideas. Yeah, I still got to we'll, send you the, that one picture. Yeah. We'll figure something but out. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, I thought of one. Oh, shoot. What was it? I thought of a good story. Um, okay, these are my notes. Uh, Norma Desmond on Twitter. But you've never, uh, you never watched Sunset Boulevard, did you? No. Well, imagine if that movie had Twitter. Okay. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is what I wrote on my notes. Tim Burton needs help. True. That's the whole note. So I had this idea for a movie where what if there's a, uh, a like a visionary director who does these crazy way out there idea movies, but really he's just like painting what he sees. And he's in this nightmare world where everything's awful and he's actually just crying for help and hoping that someone else understands what he's going through. Oh man, I like that. So it's like if, if Edward Scissorhands was how Tim Burton saw the world and he just wants someone to understand him. Everyone's got Scissorhands. Why the fuck can't you see this? Yeah, that that sort of thing. The the weird creepiness of the neighborhood. Yeah. The How sad everything is, you know. Man, Tim um, Burton's like the perfect person to do this too because his movies are fucking weird. It could be interesting. Yeah, that's I don't a good think idea. I want it to be Tim Burton. I want it to be a very like fictional character. Yeah, that like, usually combine necessarily... like Burton with Aronofsky, or or maybe H.R. Uh, Geiger. Yeah, well, he was he in a lived movie in a nightmare was... world. Yeah, he did. Dude was fucked up. Did you see where, like, he lived? Have you seen his house? Isn't there, like, bullet holes in the lady frame because, like, his wife tried to kill himself or herself or something? Well, there's stuff like that, but there's also, um, like, he he had a lot of sculptures and concept art, like, stuff from Alien, but also worse stuff that cannot be in movies <laughs> in every room. Oh, jeez. And his his whole thing was, like, literally, he felt like if he didn't put the nightmares out where he could see them, he was afraid that they're around the corner. Okay. And it's like in a in a sterile environment, he was very uneasy. So he had to be next to an alien, or he felt like there might be an alien somewhere that he doesn't have his eye on. Jeez, that dude had problems, but it fucking fueled some fantastic work, so... Oh, it worked. I would love to be him, honestly. To, I, to leave I, a mark like that. Yeah, I always feel bad, like, the idea that artists have to be unhappy to make stuff. Because it's, it's not true an extent like i don't think stephen king's unhappy but he wrote like some of his best stuff when he was like on cocaine or a raging alcoholic yeah so you know there's 
it, or even know, questioning it, his own mortality after the car crash, and he was like right. recovering and didn't think he'd write again. You yeah, it, and so there's I don't know it's it's so weird. You have to you have to be a little broken, I think, to want to make stuff. You sort of do. It, it's a big thing for comedians who are just like, what if I fix all of my mental problems? I won't be funny anymore. It feels weird, like that. That's a thing people have to, that people will worry about. Like, well, if I if I take antidepressants and get my shit in order and realize that these are my problems and I can overcome them, all my jokes won't be funny because I don't have anything to joke about because I'll because I'll be fixed, you know? Yeah, I mean, I know we talked about it last time, but the with the dark comedy stuff, um, humor is really a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you you need to go to dark places to pull something nice out. Yeah. I don't know. We've been talking for an hour. Yep, we should probably wrap this up. So, uh, Glad Space? Man, I can't be fucking unprepared for this. I am glad for... If I said Guinness before, I feel like I have. I don't care. You can say that now. Because I enjoyed the Guinness I had while I was talking to you. It was very tasty. It was a relaxing little beverage. I don't feel fat, which is good. I probably will when I stand up. Uh, but right now, it's everything's good. Um, yeah, I'm glad for Guinness. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed my Fosters. It comes in a big can, so I feel like a big man. Yeah. You're a um, big boy. I don't want to recommend that, though. I want to recommend mm-hmm. something nicer than cheapest beer I could find. <laughs> oh, werewolf sounds. Go go find your neighbor and just make werewolf sounds. Like the dogs. Christmas. (laughs) We're just making sounds now. Yeah, we are. Should we just just end on sounds? Yeah, probably. Hey, do you like robots? Can you can you do that robot voice? No. Have you? Oh, you've never done that. Where you uh you speak while inhaling. And it makes you sound like a robot. Like this. Not not quite, but almost. In fact, that's my glad space. Learn how to talk like a robot. Hello. Hello. You can, Hello. You can do a lot of stuff while you're inhaling. Hello, world. I don't know how that sounded. I don't think that sounded very good. Hello. 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 I am I am a robot. Hello. I am a robot. Thank you. You gotta be careful when you're doing technical. inhale like noise because it can be very hard on your vocal cords. Hello, I am a robot. Thank you for calling. I will take your call in five minutes. I don't know if you sound like a robot, dude. Hello, hello, hello. I, oh man, I lost it. I used to do really good. This is the best podcast. Yeah, I don't. I'm just gonna call a shit. He should probably, or just leave it. Who gives a fuck? Hello, I am a robot. I'm going to stop recording. We'll end with you being a robot. Hello.
Hello, I am a robot. As I lie here dying, I finally know what it means to be alive. <laughs>